RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The headlines. An infectious diseases expert says authorities need to check buildings at Richland Gardens for possible faults with the plumbing after a cluster of cases at one of the blocks. Former pro-independence activist Tony Jung has been found guilty of desecrating the national flag and unlawful assembly. And Hong Kong Airlines says it's sacking about 250 flight attendants due to the prolonged impact of the pandemic on its business, the second round of layoffs this year. Infectious diseases expert Leung Chi Chu says Block 6 of Richland Gardens isn't at risk of a large outbreak of COVID-19 infections, saying the rapid antigen tests conducted for the residents only identified one preliminary case so far. But he told RTHK the authorities should check the sewage pipes of other blocks on the estate, adding any faulty design with the U-traps could be dangerous. He added it's unsuitable to impose a lockdown there because the potential sewage problem would put the residents at risk. Here's Dr. Leung. On the testing of higher number or more or large number of residents living in that block, we did not find a high incidence of any secondary infection at this moment. Although the antigen test is not so sensitive, but if all the others were negative, the chance of a large outbreak will be low. We may be seeing one or several more for possible case of nuclear acid testing. But the scale of the outbreak may not be um, uh, excessive at the moment. The Hong Kong Toilet Association says most buildings here use the same sewage system as Block 6 of Richland Gardens after government adviser Yun Guok Yung said the coronavirus may be spreading via the sewage piping system there, infecting seven residents. The association's vice chairman, Henry Hong, said 95% of buildings have only one pipe installed for sewage, sewage and feces, but people don't have to worry if their U-traps are in good condition and filled with water regularly. If their water still is filled up with water, then we don't have to worry. The main problem is from the floor drain. So the general practice nowadays, we do not use water to wash the floor in the bathroom, don't you? So when water is not used on the floor, then the water seal trap for the floor drain will be dried up. And this is the, exactly the similar occasion during the Amon Garden back to 2003. Tourism sector lawmaker UC Wing says the government has sourced 10,000 hotel rooms for quarantining incoming travelers and the arrangement should come into effect on December the 22nd. He told an RTHK program that his designated hotels are located in different districts and more than half the rooms will cost 500 to 1,000 Hong Kong dollars per night. He warned the rooms will be full in 10 days' time and the government should prepare to com- commandeer more hotels before the new year. Former pro-independence activist Tony Jung has been found guilty of desecrating a national flag and unlawful assembly at the Legco protest area in May last year. Eastern Court heard scuffles broke out between protesters with opposing views on May the 14th when the lawmakers vetted, vetted the now-scrapped extradition bill. Magistrate Pony Wong ruled the former leader of pro-independence group Student Localism did snatch a national flag from pro-government protesters at the scene, breaking the flagpole in the process. Mr. Jung was remanded in custody, awaiting his next court appearance on January the 7th over charges of secession. Hong Kong Airlines says it's sacking about 250 flight attendants due to the prolonged impact of the pandemic on its business. The second time this year, the cash-strapped airline has announced large-scale layoffs. The airline says it's been forced to adjust its operations significantly in the past year due to travel restrictions. 
It says ongoing adjustments haven't only drastically affected the airline's revenues, but also reduced demand for its operating crew and staffing requirements in the foreseeable future. It says affected cabin crew will be offered a compensation package that will be in full compliance with the employee's conditions of service and local labor laws. In February, the airline already slashed 400 jobs and asked remaining staff to take unpaid leave. Open University will be getting a new name. It's to be called Metropolitan University. The name was picked by Open News Council after it collected more than a 1,000 nominations from the public, alumni, students and staff. The university expects LegCo to approve the name change within a year. Its president, Wong Yuxan, says the neutrality of the new name is good for the university's future expansion. So this name, Metropolitan University, it could be very inclusive to include everything. It's sort of expandable. In future, the mission, the trend, or the direction of the university may evolve. This name would not limit our future expansion. A panel of experts in the United States has endorsed the Pfizer-BioNTech coronavirus vaccine for emergency use. It paves the way for approval by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. COVID-19 cases are continuing to surge in the U.S. On Wednesday, there were more than 3,000 deaths, a record high. U.S. Vice President Mike Pence said the vaccine offered hope. We're living in a challenging time. See cases rising, but you need to be assured we've never been more prepared to combat this virus than we are today. And people deserve to know that um, we are just a few short days away from what I believe will be the beginning of the end of the coronavirus pandemic in America. Clinical, clinical trials of a COVID vaccine in Australia have been abandoned after participants returned false positive HIV test results. The vaccine was being developed by the University of Queensland and the biotech firm CSL. The BBC's Shaima Khalil reports. This was one of four COVID-19 vaccines the federal government had committed to purchasing, and agreements had been made to secure 51 million doses. In a statement to the Australian Stock Exchange, the biotech company CSL said it would stop further trials. It also said participants were told that antibodies could interfere with certain HIV diagnostic tests, but said there was no possibility the vaccine caused infection and that routine follow-up tests confirmed no HIV virus was present. Canadian officials say they've been assured by Beijing that two Canadians detained on the mainland have not been tried for spying, contradicting what a foreign ministry spokeswoman in Beijing said. Steve Dunthorne has more. Foreign ministry spokeswoman Hua Chunying said yesterday that Hong Kong-based former diplomat Michael Kovrig and businessman Michael Spavor had already been on trial. She was questioned about the case at a regular press briefing two years to the day after the pair were detained. In a statement, Canada's Foreign Affairs Ministry said its embassy in Beijing had clarified that this was not the case. China had blamed a mischaracterization by the spokeswoman for the confusion. The case of the two Michaels has been intertwined with that of the Huawei CFO Meng Wanzhou, who was fighting a US attempt to extradite her from Canada. Researchers say the coronavirus pandemic has resulted in the biggest annual drop in carbon dioxide emissions since the Second World War. The researchers warn that to keep global warming to safer levels, a similar fall in emissions will be needed every year for at least the next decade. This report from the BBC's Matt McGrath. 
This year's fall in carbon emissions is almost five times greater than the drop in 2009 caused by the global economic recession. Restrictions on road travel and flying due to the pandemic have been the biggest factors, with emissions from aviation still 40% below 2019 levels. The UK saw carbon output tumble by 12%, while in France it was down by 15%. These large falls were partly due to additional shutdowns in response to a second wave of infections. A federal prison in the United States has carried out the execution of convicted killer Brandon Bernard. The African-American man was part of a gang who abducted and murdered two white youth ministers in 1999. More federal prisoners have been executed in the U.S. this year than in the previous 56 years combined. The BBC's Le Budiseco reports. Brandon Bernard had been on death row for the last 20 years, and on Thursday he became the first federal prisoner to be executed during the presidential transition. It's one of five that are scheduled. If the rest go ahead, Donald Trump will have overseen the deaths of 13 federal inmates since July this year, more than any president in over a century. The federal death penalty was reinstated in 1988, but executions were rare. But in July, the Trump administration resumed the practice after a 17-year hiatus. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson has said there's a strong possibility his government will not reach a post-Brexit trade deal with the European Union before the current transition ends in three weeks' time. That would see the reimposition of tariffs on World Trade Organization terms. Striking an optimistic note, he said this wasn't a bad thing. I do think that uh, we need to be very, very clear. There's now a strong possibility, strong possibility, that uh, we will have a, a solution that's much more like an Australian relationship with the EU than a Canadian relationship with the EU. That doesn't mean it's a, a bad thing. There are plenty of ways, as I've said, that we can turn that to the advantage of, of both sides. It's a stance leading business groups and Britain's main opposition party reject. One of Britain's best-known actresses, Dame Barbara Windsor, has died at the age of 83. She made her stage debut at the age of 13 and went on to become a star on the large and small screen, memorably in the Carry On films and later as the matriarch Peggy Mitchell in the television soap opera EastEnders. The BBC's David Salido looks back at her life. Oh, no, you see, I fell on my backside. I haven't got anything in front. No, oh, I wouldn't say that. Chirpy, cheeky, slightly saucy. <laughs> let her do, let her do. Barbara Windsor's nine carry-on films defined her public image, but there was far more to her than bursting bikini tops. Her career went from cabaret to films and stage productions with Joan Littlewood's famous theatre workshop. But after the carry-ons, her career began to slide. What saved it was EastEnders. Get out of my pub! Peggy, the landlady of the Queen Vic, was tough, warm-hearted and enormously popular, much like Barbara Windsor herself. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 104.03 yen, the euro standing at 1 US dollar 21 cents, the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 32 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,516. That's 106 points up on the previous close. Turnovers stood at $78.9 billion. Sports, here's Adam Jones. We start in the NFL, where the Los Angeles Rams have taken another step towards the playoffs after destroying the New England Patriots 24-3. 
Rams running back Cam Akers rushed for 83 yards in only the first quarter. He finished with 171 yards on 29 carries. The Rams improved to 9-4 and at the top of the NFC West, while the Patriots dropped to 6-7. and The Green Bay Packers, the Buffalo Bills, and the Pittsburgh Steelers all have opportunities to qualify for the playoffs on Sunday. Our U.S. sports commentator Ray Jovanovich says the Packers will get the job done against the Lions in Detroit. I think the Packers are going to win. I think they're going to effectively, you know, last year was very close. The Packers nearly played in the Super Bowl against Kansas City, losing to San Francisco. I think the the Packers have got to be the odds-on favorite to win the NFC Championship and go to the Super Bowl. A couple of other big games, and these are all must-wins for both teams. Tampa Bay plays Minnesota. Minnesota, obviously, in the same division as the Packers. Both teams, those games really matter. The Raiders and the Colts. The Bills and the Steelers, you mentioned that one. That's got to be a big game and a must-win for the Bills. There were wins for all three English clubs in the final round of group games in football's Europa League. Tottenham and Leicester City both progress as group winners. Spurs beat Antwerp 2-0. Manager Jose Mourinho gave credit to midfielder Giovanni Lo Celso, who scored the second goal and played one of his best games in a Spurs uniform. He's like Gio back to normality because he's a very good player and when his physical condition is good, uh, Gio can express all his, his quality. And uh, tonight was, was the day where uh, he showed really that he's back, the intensity is, is there. And the quality is is there always. Leicester sealed first place with a 2-0 success over AEK Athens, a performance that pleased their boss Brendan Rogers. Trying to make it even, you know, more than just a, a group game. It was a game that we wanted to win. And, and so we had to show the mentality and attitude in the game. And, and firstly was to start strong and I thought the players were were very, very good in that opening sector of the game. You know, played with real intensity, real speed, and we got two very, very good goals in that period and, and had other opportunities. So, uh, yeah, everything about our game was very good, uh, you know, in terms of that pressing and, and aggression. And then we didn't concede too much. Arsenal, who had already won their group, made a six wins out of six after beating Dundalk 4-2. Real Sociedad and Napoli have also progressed to the last 32. The draw for the knockout stage in both the Europa League and the Champions League will take place on Monday. And that's your look at sports. Adam Jung reporting there. To end the news, our top stories once again. An infectious diseases expert says authorities need to check buildings at Richland Gardens for possible faults with the plumbing after a cluster of cases at one of the blocks. Former pro-independence activist Tony Jung has been found guilty of desecrating the national flag and unlawful assembly. And Hong Kong Airlines says it's sacking about 250 flight attendants due to the prolonged impact of the pandemic on its business, the second round of layoffs this year. The news from RTHK. To fight the virus together, we must protect ourselves and others and reduce social contact. Stay at home as far as possible. Avoid social gatherings and don't go to crowded places. Work from home if feasible. Don't shake hands with others. We should also avoid meal gatherings. Let's adopt these measures to prevent the spread of novel coronavirus in the community. For more information on fighting the virus, visit chp.gov.hk. Influenza is spread by droplets. To prevent influenza, you should open windows to maintain good indoor ventilation. 
and observe personal and environmental hygiene. Always wash your hands. Cover your nose and mouth with tissue paper when sneezing or coughing. Wear a mask if you have symptoms of respiratory infection and see a doctor if symptoms persist or deteriorate. To protect yourself and family members, get vaccinated every year. To stay healthy, let's fight influenza together. Telling me to go home But it's been a long time Since I felt this good on my own uh, Lot of years went by With my hands up in your ropes Forever and ever No more The Yeah. 